Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Seattle Kraken have been sensed. Welcome back, everybody, to Game Over Ottawa. Mod with you for your recap and reaction to tonight's game. A 2-0 win for the Ottawa Senators. Finally, it feels like it's been a long time since I've been able to get on here and just be super positive. I guess since Sweden. It's only been four games since the Sweden trip, but it's been, what, two weeks at this point? Just... Only four games in two weeks. It's so ridiculous. But it's about to get super busy here down the, the December into Christmas stretch for the Senators. So you're going to be seeing a lot more Game Over Ottawa streams very soon. And hopefully some more Ottawa wins because it's it's been really tough, really tough going lately. Um, I'm going to run through sort of a general recap of the game with... Uh, with the notes that I have here, uh, but leave any comments and questions that you have in the chat at any point, regardless of if it has anything to do with what I'm currently talking about, because I will be checking in again with the chat later on to uh, to respond to some of your messages. Uh, and I think it should be a pretty positive vibe here for once. I was uh, the the whole the whole week with that Panthers game to kick it off, which was just, that felt like rock bottom. And then somehow it got worse against Columbus. Just the, basically this whole week, I was totally expecting to come on here and just be ranting and yelling again like I was uh, after the game against the Islanders. <laughs> because <laughs> in retrospect, that game was actually not too bad because it was followed up by two much worse games. But we actually have a pretty solid I would say almost 60 minute effort from the Sens here today to discuss. I think definitely a really good 40 minutes for through the first two periods and it got a little bit sketchy defending the lead in the third period there. I think uh, the Corsi ended up being like 80% to 20% in Seattle's favor uh, in the end there. It was really that last 10 minutes where they pulled away in the shot clock. So maybe maybe we'll say a solid 50-minute effort for the Sens. But uh, if you factor in like the play of your goalie and everything like that... Um, then then maybe you could call it a full 60-minute effort because we didn't get scored on at all, which is shocking, to be honest. Like, first shutout of the year for this team, and especially the fact that it came from uh, Andrew... Uh, sorry, I almost said Anders Forsberg, thinking of uh, 
Anders Nilsson. The fact that it came from Anton Forsberg instead of uh, Eunice Corpusella was a little surprising to me because obviously Forzy has had it rough this season. He's been near the bottom of the league in terms of goalie stats, whereas Corpusello, despite not having the best stats himself, he um, he has actually had some games where he just played out of his mind and. Uh, he would still he would get the win still allowing three goals but it was like totally not his fault or or he will just lose despite playing very well so awesome to see from Forsberg because we really need to be get both goalies in form here with the really busy schedule coming up I have to think that Forsberg starts being really spread out uh doesn't help him very much so maybe getting into a consistent rhythm uh is something that that uh we can look forward to in terms of some improved goaltending goal stats. Like, I think it, it's tough when you're just not facing a lot of shots. You're not in the net very much. Um, obviously, when, when you are in the net for the Sens, you do face a lot of shots most of the time. But uh, you, you want to be feel, feeling the rubber out there and getting into a rhythm if you're a goalie. So, huge step forward for Forsberg here today. I Seattle isn't like the best team in terms of goal scoring uh, this year, but they still, they have four lines that can score. You know, they're not like the Sens where the fourth line is just like barely a threat to score and not much from the third line either. Um, they they actually have their lines pretty well balanced. So I, I, I do think it was a decent challenge for Forsberg here today in terms of uh, the opposition that he was facing. Um, I, I guess I'll jump into my first period notes. I found it remarkable how quiet the crowd was in the first like three to four minutes of the game, like after the puck drop, uh, which is not too surprising because I, it seemed like the vibes going into this game were at just a pure all-time low for this team and this fan base. Um, so it, like you could hear a pin drop in that building. Thank God they had something to cheer about today with with a couple of goals and not a single goal against. So it turned out it turned out pretty good in the end. I hope that everyone had a great time at the game, especially considering there was probably a decent amount of people who who have been to multiple Sens games this year that haven't even seen a win on home ice and there was probably a decent amount of people like that at this game today. So they got one. It, it, I think it was uh, only one win in the last eight games at the CTC, um, which luckily I was at that game. I got I got that one win. Uh, pretty lucky, but great to finally get another win on home ice. We really need to fix up that home ice play. I would say for the rest of the year, who knows if we'll be able to turn it around and like get close to the playoffs. Even if we don't, I just hope that at least uh, we can win more on home ice because even if we're not totally threatening for a playoff spot, I just want the fans to be happy because this this fan base has suffered through so much and it's still we, we still might not be out of the woods yet. It's a fun win here tonight uh, that I'll, I'll break down soon, but it's it's just a lot of controversy and stuff uh, regarding how the fans feel. So very glad that they got the big win on home ice here tonight and hopefully they can build off of that next week I think it's the Rangers and the Leafs. I think those are both home games. So we've got a little bit of a homestand here coming up. And then Saturday, I think, is against Carolina. I don't know. That must be a home game because then I think after that, uh, we go on that big Western road trip. So we obviously haven't been good with home ice advantage so far this year, but it would be great to... Uh, to just just get a few on home ice and you know even it out a little bit because I would be shocked if this team like 
somehow plays better on the road than at home. They really don't seem like the type of team that can do that. So it it's gonna be it's gonna be tough with those uh next three opponents on home ice being very good teams, but at least we got we got the win that we needed against Seattle. Especially because um the win against or sorry the loss against Columbus was super disappointing in terms of like those are the teams that you need to beat those teams that are near you in the standings just because we've played so few games but these teams uh like Columbus and Seattle have played like six or seven more games than us and then they're not even really ahead of us in the standings so those are the type of teams that you'd like to think you're better than which is why it was so disappointing to lose to Columbus but I guess if you look at it in a back-to-back -back set, just that, and not thinking about the rest of the schedule so far this year, uh, one out of two ain't bad, I guess. But I don't know. We have a we have a pretty low bar to clear here in terms of uh, in terms of positivity. So I'm I'm digging for the positives, you know. Uh, but there was positives within the Sens play today. So. In, in the first period, I thought that the penalty kill was pretty good to start things off. I think Seattle got a very early power play. Um, it was good until all four penalty killers went into the corner to dig for the puck. And of course, Seattle manages to win that battle, even though we had all of our guys in the corner. Uh, I think it was Bjorkstrand was just wide open in the slot after that. Great save from Forsberg because that was just the type of defensive error that, that we see commonly from this team. Seeing that so early in the game was worrying to me, but thankfully for most of the rest of the game, we, we cleaned up those type of uh, like wide open in the chance or wide open in the slot chances. We weren't really given up too many of those for the rest of the game. So a little bit of a wishy-washy start. Uh, Batherson hit the crossbar shortly after that. I do have to give credit to him. I, I wrote in my notes, I was like, Batherson is the king of hitting posts. Feels like he he's hitting a post like every second game or so, and it starts to get really frustrating. But we do have to give credit, him, credit to him tonight, of course, with the goal. And even on the play where he hit a crossbar here, he really generated something out of nothing with a nice little toe drag move, and it would have been a beautiful goal if it went in. So even though that wasn't a goal, I marked that down as a positive. <laughs> Digging for the positives here today. Um, then, yeah, after that, the fourth line got hemmed in for like two whole minutes nearly. Uh, after, you know what, there was a couple times that we were hemmed in for like almost two minutes. I think this was the one I'm thinking of, but Zach McEwen had two separate chances to clear the puck and May, not even make like a breakout pass, but just like chip it off the boards and out, you know? He had two opportunities to do it. He couldn't do it, and it was an ugly shift watching our fourth line run around. I have to say, um, you know what, for some reason, I'm struggling to find him in the box score here. Yeah, I have to say, Zach McEwen with three minutes and 23 seconds of time on ice. What are we doing here with this guy at this point? Like, he he will fight, but he's not a heavyweight fighter. Why are we dressing him, especially with 11 and 7 today? Why are we dressing this guy? I thought that he would be the one scratched. Instead, it ended up being Highmore. But holy crap, McEwen just adds nothing to this team. Not an imposing physical presence, even though he would like to be. We haven't really seen that ever, ever working to our to our benefit only to our detriment like whatever the hell happened in that florida game i think i i because i wasn't doing the show 
I stopped paying attention and like flipped off of the Florida game before he even got kicked out. So I don't even know what he did. I think he tried to elbow Matthew Kachuk or something like that. But anyway, the point is, I don't know what the hell we're doing with Zach McEwen. I don't know why he's still in the lineup. I, I would I would love to have him go back to Belleville very quickly and just give someone else a chance. Like, I would rather see Sokolov. He's a similar big body who at least has a little bit of skill with the puck. Uh, he's not very fast, but I don't think McEwen is either. Could be wrong about that, but I don't really watch McEwen and think that he's particularly a good skater. So, and Crookshank as well has been doing great in Belleville. So that's another guy that I would like to see given an opportunity. Of course, with DJ Smith, who knows if if those guys would get any more than the three minutes of ice time that McEwen got if they were in the lineup instead of him. But it, I would rather see other players than McEwen at that point. And I feel like a lot of the fan base would would agree with that. I, I don't know what we were doing, what Dorian was doing, signing that guy to three years, at least it's only league minimum. So it's not, not a huge issue. Um, if you can, like, you can just bury that in the minors, right? I think I could be wrong. Maybe someone in chat can correct me, but I think on a league minimum contract, even if it's like a one-way deal, which he might even be on a two-way deal. I think it just doesn't count against the cap at all. If you bury it could be wrong. Maybe there's like a slight cap hit penalty, if we do bury him, but at least at league minimum, it would be barely anything at all. So I don't know about the future of Zach McEwen on this team. He he does have a future with the three-year contract, but very only two months into that contract, it is very, very sketchy in terms of this guy actually adding any value to, to our team. Very frustrating for me to watch him play, but at least I don't have to watch him play very much because he only gets three to five minutes of ice time a night. Like, it's not even just that DJ doesn't play the fourth line because the fourth line had a decent amount of minutes against Columbus yesterday. If I remember correctly, people were complaining about them seeing ice time in the third period when we were trying to come back. Um, And even today, like, Kelly got four more minutes than McEwen did. Rourke Chartier played... (laughs) 18 minutes and 48 seconds which is crazy I feel like that should never happen I guess like technically he wasn't on the fourth line tonight he was the third line so obviously he would have more ice time than Kelly and McEwen but I feel like Sharche's ice time should never be that high like that's that's a little bit sketchy um for us to be running that guy out there so much he's he's a generally safe player so it didn't hurt us at all all tonight like he's responsible defensively but uh I I don't like that. I'll put it that way. In terms of uh, playing eleven and seven D as well, I got I got to check. Yeah, so Travis Hamonic was only five minutes and seventeen seconds of time on ice today. Bernard Docker getting more ice time than Hamonic, which is pretty interesting. Um, two minutes more. I think. Like, I don't mind the decision to go to 11 and 7. Uh, DJ is pretty much just never going to healthy scratch t- Travis Hamannick, I think. Although, I think the fact that he only played five minutes in tonight's game shows a little bit that he he feels like maybe maybe just because it's a back-to-back scenario, feels like Hamannick could use a bit of a rest or something. Shows that he's not, not one of the best D, obviously. Like, he knows. DJ knows. He, it, it, we're not at the point where he's playing 20 minutes anymore when uh, when Shabbat and Branstrom were injured. And uh, who else was injured? Someone else was injured, too. It was three guys. Yeah, when Zub was injured as well. 
when Hamannick was just playing 20 minutes a night, I, 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 at least this is an improvement. So the fact that he was still in the lineup tonight, I'm okay with it. I would have preferred McEwen to be the scratch on the forwards, although since it was high more, like that's kind of a negligible uh, difference. Like Highmore doesn't really provide much either. I think I think he's a little bit of a faster player, provides a little more energy on the forecheck and stuff. So maybe I would have preferred to see him play tonight. But all all in all, I think in terms of the lineup decisions with that eleven and seven, I, I wouldn't mind to see it. Like even the next game, I wouldn't mind if they stick with eleven and seven because uh, it allowed us to double shift guys like Joseph, who was probably the Sens' best player tonight. He opened the scoring, which is the next point that I need to get to. I've gone totally off of my notes here, but uh, Matthew Joseph was probably our best player tonight. The eleven and seven allowed him to see a lot more ice time along with certain other players. I think Stutzler was getting double shifted as well. He was great tonight too with that, uh, with those extra shifts. I was very happy with Stutzler's game today. Drew, drew some penalties, not a lot of turnovers, which he struggled with this year. I think he might've had one or two, but he was. I think he was managing the puck better overall. He easily could have had a goal or two as well. Decord had some good saves on him. That, that one chance in the third period that deflected off the defender's stick on the rush. I can't believe that didn't go in. That was that was just ridiculous. Stutzla had just been pretty snake bit this year overall, I think. Like the fact that, that could he couldn't even get that to go in. He couldn't even get that lucky chance. Um that just sucks to see. But regardless, Stutzla was great tonight, uh setting up Batherson for that goal too. So all in all, I guess the point here was Matthew Joseph with the with the first period goal. A little bit of a fluky one, but we take those. Um, the coaching staff and players always talking about, oh, we're not getting the bounces. Oh, we played fine, but the bounces went the other team's way. Finally, the bounces went our way for once, uh, with that goal especially. And in terms of Seattle never managing to get a lucky bounce uh, that went into the Sens net, so bounces, baby. We're, <laughs> we're getting the bounces. Apparently, that's all you need to win is the bounces. That's, that is the biggest thing, according to this coaching staff. Um, from their second period, Kubelik, I had noted that he also failed two breakout passes in a row, similar to McEwen did in the first period, and that frustrated me as well. I think getting the puck out of our zone is the biggest issue with this team, other than, <laughs> other than what we actually do when we're defending in the zone. Just the, the multiple chances to get the puck out and, and constantly failing is what frustrates me even more than the actual D-zone coverage. So, not great from Kubelik. I thought he was pretty average tonight. He, he's a guy that I don't think has much of a future with the team at this point. I think it'll be interesting to see how much longer he sticks around. It's just, I don't think his all-around game is really worth it to have him in your bottom six. I don't think his defensive game is good enough. And only one assist on the year is pretty pretty underwhelming pretty bad like he had 25 assists last year so obviously he does have a little bit of playmaking ability i mean maybe maybe those assists were just coming off of his one timers and people were scoring on the rebounds on the power play but he definitely has more talent than he's shown for us here i i'm not really liking him in the bottom six and it, but at the same time it's not like he's earning uh, a promotion to the top six or anything like that like you wouldn't move him up over joseph obviously not kachuk or Giroux. Or, or Batherson on those wings, or even Tarasenko. Tarasenko has been considerably better than Kubelik has been, despite the uh, the gold route. So Kubelik, not too, not too happy with him at this point. Uh, and I wonder how much longer he's going to stick around. Um, 
Stutzla, yeah, I made a note about his uh, penalty that he drew on Justin Schultz. I thought that was very funny because it wasn't quite a dive. It was just a... Um, <laughs> it was just like a sneaky play. He kind of, like I'm pretty sure he just intentionally ran into Schultz on purpose. He easily could have avoided him, but he just like made it look like Schultz was getting in his way, which I thought was very funny. A little bit of clever cheekiness from Timmy. It's it's not quite a dive. It's maybe a little bit along those same lines, being a little sneaky to draw a penalty, but sometimes you have to do that, and it worked out in his favor there. And I, I have to point out as well, because I didn't realize this, uh, Locked On Sens was saying that Stutzla has actually drawn the fourth most penalties in the NHL this season, and uh, a plus 12 penalty differential for him in terms of how many he's drawn and how many he's uh, taken. That's first in the NHL. So for, for all of Stutzla being called a diver, and in terms of early in the season, it felt like the refs were trying to not call things when, when he was going down. It seems like he is still doing enough, or at least legitimately getting fouled enough, that the refs are are calling infractions on him. I think part of it is sometimes him doing these sneaky little things or, or embellishments, but other times a lot of it is just that he's so fast, and uh, but also kind of light on his feet. He, he doesn't have like the strongest... Uh, strongest like low center of gravity or anything he falls down a lot even when like no one touches him so i think a lot of it is just players struggling to keep up with him because he's such a fast and talented player and then also he he just has a propensity to to lose his balance but in this case it, it was it was just a funny play that i have to give him credit for for just just running into schultz and making it look like it was an interference penalty um huge props to timmy on that one it was, it was very funny and it was effective it worked out so another thing in the second period that i liked was there was a few actual like very good scoring chances at 5v5 uh for shabbat and stutzla around like the midway point of the period because like, in the last two games, we had no 5-on-5 five -five scoring chances, it felt like. It felt like most of our best chances against Columbus were on the power play, other than, like, the goal um, goal by Giroux. And against Florida, 5-on-5 five -five absolutely generating nothing. So, the fact that we were actually getting a few decent chances off the rush, I really liked to see that because it's it's been pretty dire for that lately. And... That's probably a good time for me to check the natural stat trick, as we always do here on this show, um, because I'm curious. It seems, yeah, it was pretty even in terms of high danger chances at 5-on-5 five five for most of the game. We finished with an advantage of 12-8 to eight for once. I feel like we usually don't have the advantage, so that's awesome. And obviously in that third period with um, with Seattle taking so many shots and running away with the Corsi battle. It, we were only credited with having one high danger chance against in that third period, which is awesome. And I guess I'm getting a little ahead of myself here in talking about the third period. But in terms of those high danger chances, at 5-on-5, five five, I will give the Sens credit for the 5-on-5 five five play here today because the last couple games, DJ was saying like, oh, we were fine. We were okay 5-on-5. Five five. It's just that uh, Florida scored a bunch of power play goals. No, that was bullshit. When we were playing 5-on-5 five five in that game against Florida, we were generating nothing, and we were mostly getting caved in, mostly just running around and not getting any offensive pressure. 
And against Columbus, yeah, we did win the shots battle. We did win the Corsi battle or whatever. Uh, but it's it, it clearly wasn't good enough to win five on five because you just still gave up a bunch of goals. But today, I will actually give them full credit for the five on five performance. That was probably the the best, the best best and closest to a sixty minute effort in terms of the five on five play that we've had uh, all season. Like I think maybe. The game against Minnesota in Sweden was pretty good as well in terms of limiting chances against. Uh, but we had like no offense in this game. Whereas at least in in uh, today's game, it was a lot more a lot more chances actually being generated, a lot more puck movement, uh, chances off the rush, a few shifts actually where we were working it around in the offensive zone, which was nice because lately we just haven't been seeing a lot of that. Uh, and and even the game against the Islanders too, if we want to go back a little further. Especially, I'm I'm just mostly remembering that third period where we couldn't generate anything and we're just getting totally shut down against uh, the four defensemen of the Islanders. Uh, it was refreshing here today to actually be able to generate some stuff at five on five, uh, regardless of only scoring two goals, which is a little bit a little bit low for our standards because we know this team has a lot of skill, can score a lot of goals, but two was enough today. Luckily. Um, we did give up a four-on-one in the second period, which scared the crap out of me, but it was mostly mostly happened because uh, Shabbat got injured on that play. He went down in the offensive zone, which was also a huge scare, too. Thank God he's okay. Um, but just the, the lack of defensive awareness from the forwards to get back on that play after Shabbat was, was down and injured, like, that's the type of thing that this team needs to clean up because we are lucky that Seattle didn't convert on that chance. They It kind of started as like a clear two-on-one, and then the two other Seattle players caught up and it looked like a four-on-one, but I feel like they didn't really know what play they wanted to run because they weren't sure if, it, if it's just going to be a two-on-one or if they should involve the other guys who are coming in as well. Uh, but, I, but yeah, the back-checking from the forwards was not there on that one. That was something that I'd like, I'd like to see better from because... That's a whole other thing about this team's defending is the def defense from the forwards is often not great. So a little bit of an area that can be improved there. Um, we scored quickly after that, though. Tarasenko, great forecheck. A little bit of a fluky play again where Decord went out to stop the puck. Uh, it, it was weird. I don't think it went into the zone where he couldn't play it. But he was just, I guess he was expecting his defenseman to come and come and pick it up faster instead of, maybe he stopped playing it because it was like right on the line of the zone where he couldn't play it. But regardless, a miscue, miscommunication between the goalie and the defense. Uh, and we capitalized. Stutzla had an amazing pass there to get it to Batherson for the wide open net. I think if Stutzla tried to shoot it, it was possible that uh, Decord could have got in the way diving back across, but he Stutzla directed it to more of an angle for Batherson that uh, would be a lot harder for Decord to make the save on. So I think it was a smart play from Stutzla there. Very happy with that goal. And nice for Batherson to score too because talked about him hitting the crossbar earlier. He has been hot lately, so it was nice to see him get rewarded for for the for the decent play. I Batherson I think is uh, is a player that I go back and forth on a lot. I'm often not happy with his play, but Pretty good here tonight. I did I did have to say though, I felt like I didn't see him on the ice much in the third period. When I when I looked at his ice time, he did have 16 and a half minutes. Uh so it's I don't think he got benched or anything because that's still a pretty good uh pretty good total of ice time, but I don't think I really saw him in the last like 
entire 10 minutes of the third period. I could be wrong about that. If anyone else noticed him not being on the ice for a while, uh, do let me know if, or if I'm just going crazy. And I didn't realize that he was out there. But I, I really, like, I don't know what his ice time was after the second period. So it could be that his ice time was very high in the first two periods, and then he only played a couple minutes in the third. That's possible as well. So if anyone does know, I would be interested to find out how much he played in the third period, because I didn't notice him at all in the third period, even though in the first two periods he was very impactful. It, it could just be a situation of the, the coaching staff not trusting his defensive game, which uh, they are correct to do, <laughs> to, to not trust his defensive game. So it might just be that, or I might just be tripping, and he was totally out there, and I didn't notice him. That That's entirely possible as well. Um, another note on that goal is Timmy hitting 200 points third fastest in franchise history to do it faster than Alfie which is awesome and I believe he's also so it was that those stats are fastest in terms of games played uh he was the fastest ever in terms of age he's the youngest player to hit 200 points I guess uh Spezza and Yashin were were probably just a little bit older than him when they did it which is interesting because I I think they also came into the league like around the age of 18 or 19 maybe they both started at at 19 and Timmy started at 18, given a little bit of a head start in terms of the age. Uh, that's another thing that if anyone in chat knows, uh, let me know because I, I, I found that curious. But I think it was just, I think it's just Timmy, Timmy must have started when he was 18 and the other guys probably 19. Because I can't remember if Spezza played for the Sens straight out of junior. I feel like, or like straight after being drafted. I don't think he did. I think, didn't he spend some time in the AHL even? It could have been, so so maybe that's why. Something like that. Anyway, awesome from Timmy. Uh, <laughs> hitting 200 points quicker than Alfie did is freaking amazing. Obviously, Alfie had some amazing years later in his career when he was like in his 30s. Those were like his best seasons at that point. He aged like a fine wine, and Timmy is just amazing right away. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more record-breaking moments for Stutzla where it's like, oh, he's the youngest player on the Sens to do this or to do that. There's going to be a lot more coming up. So love Timmy Stutzla. Very happy with his play overall tonight as well. Uh, and then for the third period, not a lot to talk about, but I found it very funny that the Kraken uh, are apparently 0-8-1 when tra trailing after two periods, which is now 0-9-1. And... That kind of made me happy because I get incredibly angry about how bad the Sens are when trailing after two periods. I think they're at 1-9-0 after uh, they got another loss yesterday when trailing after two periods. Um, it, or you know what, it might even be even worse than that because I don't know if the stat includes the Florida game. Because of course we were trailing in that game. Uh, but it, it was kind of... Uh, What's the word? It was kind of comforting to see another team that sucks as bad at making comebacks as we do. Um, and, you know, not for lack of trying for Seattle here today. Like, they did a pretty decent job of putting the pressure on. I think the Sens sat back a little bit too much in the third period. But at least Seattle, like, with that bad record on comebacks, they, they fired the puck on net a lot. They were trying to get deflections and rebounds. Forsberg was doing a good job of not allowing those types of shots to go through and not allowing too many second chances off of rebounds for Seattle. It was a lot of one-and-done shots uh, just from the outside. I, I bet that the, yeah, the heat map here, 
is pretty good. There wasn't a lot of slot shots. I wish I could I wish I could filter it by like just the third period. I'm looking at it for all of the 5v5 ice time, but there's no red on the heat map whatsoever for the Kraken at 5v5. And even if you set it to all, no red at all. So it's just light green and light blue. Not even any yellow. So <laughs> I'm not an expert on how to read these stats. Uh, but that seems pretty good to me. Uh, for all of the even strength ice time, there was uh, not a lot of high danger chances for Seattle. So especially in that third period, it was just the Sens were doing a great job of keeping the puck to the outside. I was very... Very impressed with our ability to hold the lead, uh, despite the pressure from the opposition. Um, and Forsberg as well had a huge save on Yanni Gord early in the period. That was, I think that was his best save of the night in terms of uh, that was the closest to being a very good scoring chance for Seattle. That one was kind of tight in and around the net. Maybe Gord didn't exactly get the best shot off, but it was a great save by Forsberg regardless. Um, I think it was, was it two penalty kills in the third period? Maybe it was only one, but... Uh, they did a pretty good job regardless. Zub saved a goal at the end as well. So pretty good team effort to get Forsberg the shutout too. We also blocked a lot of shots, which I forgot to mention until now. 23 blocked shots to Seattle's eight. Obviously, <laughs> they were firing the puck so much in the third period that we had to block a lot of shots. I wish I could see how many of those block shots were in the third period alone, because there's probably a lot of them. But very good commitment to defense today from the Sens. Uh, I think Shabbat, Sanderson, and Chikrin all got kind of banged up from blocking a shot. They, like, they all had a moment where they blocked one, and then they're kind of wincing going back to the bench and stuff. So it was it was scary, but they did what they needed to do to help their goalie get the shutout. I think it was a very good team effort in terms of the overall 5-on-5 five -five play and defense. Like, I guess it's kind of a soft opponent in Seattle. You know, they're right right down there in the standings with you. They're still, they're ahead of us because of loser points, but they've played six more games, right? So kind of a soft opponent, but considering we couldn't even beat the soft opponent in the Blue Jackets yesterday, I'll take it. I'll take it. I feel like there's not too much to complain about today. Um, yeah, like pretty, pretty happy overall. Um, I'll, I'll see if anything was going on in, in the chat. Yeah. Awesome O saying the Florida game was very annoying to watch. I turned it off too. If I was covering that game, I would have just came on here like absolutely screaming. Like I would have to turn down the uh, the volume on my mic, which normally I feel like I'm I'm a little too quiet. I feel like I don't have that much of a loud voice. But I, if if I was covering that game, I would I would have been yelling because I was I was really pissed with how that game played out. It was it was pain to watch. So I feel like a lot of people turned off that game. And like in terms of turning off the games and tuning out, that's why like we really need the team to pick it up here because I heading into this game, I was seeing a lot of dejected fans on social media. Like we were seeing it even before the Columbus game, but it was even worse after after how that game went. Just a lot of people saying Oh, I'm not even going to watch the games now. I'm just going to follow on social media, watch the highlights if if it's a if it's a decent game, you know. And people people with tickets to upcoming games being like, "Oh, I have tickets and I and I barely even want to go anymore or I'm like dreading going." Uh like I'm going to the next game against the Rangers and thank God we won today so I can at least have like a glimmer of hope that maybe we won't play like complete crap. 
but it's going to be really tough against the Rangers. At least I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic heading into that. But if we had lost this game too, with the vibes already being at an all-time low going into this game, it would have been even worse with another loss. And I would have just been absolutely dreading going to the arena uh, for the next game. So it's tough you you really don't want the fans to tune out especially this early into into the season and uh with how high the optimism was at the beginning of the season it was like almost like an all-time high ever since like maybe 2007 in terms of finally we have new ownership they're going to turn things around and the team on the ice should be trending up it hasn't been trending up so the lot i think i feel like a lot of fans are at kind of at their breaking point where it's just we we don't want to uh we don't want to just watch this frustrating hockey anymore. They got to, uh, it's like they got to, they got to pick it up. And today I felt like they did. I felt like uh, everyone, everyone who went to this game got their money's worth. Great to have another win at the CTC uh, because there haven't been very many this year. Hopefully we can pick it up in terms of playing in front of the home ice fans, especially with how <laughs> you had quotes from Kachuk and Giroux not liking the, the booing and the fired the coach chance you know the fire the coach chance i understand that why they they would speak out against that but in terms of the booing it's like holy crap guys you deserved the booing <laughs> so hopefully they can pick it up and we won't have to boo them anymore because we none of us want to be booing the fact that we are booing at least in the past uh shows that we're at least still engaged and we know that you can do better we know that the team can do better if people aren't booing and we're and we're sucking and then there's less people in the stadium that shows that people just don't even care anymore, which is worse than people booing. You know, you, you still want to have everyone invested and believing in the team to be able to do better. I feel like that's what booing is most of the time is that you believe that the team can be doing better than they currently are. So even though even though the players took it uh, in, in a bad way, it, it still shows that the fans are engaged and we don't want to see more fans tuning out like uh i think it was oh i can't remember which game it was after it was after either the islanders game i think it was the islanders game uh my sister texted our family group chat and she's just like yeah i didn't even turn the game on i just i just expect us to lose all the time now like and she's someone who i would always watch the games with when when she still lived here in town so uh people are tuning out so we got to turn it around uh is what i'll say to to kind of put a cap on that conversation um full sweat tryhard saying to be fair i wish the fans were as vocal with support as the negative boos our fans are pretty quiet that is a very good point too i feel like when when i'm in the arena it's never like as a fan base i feel like we're not very good at getting chants going and sustaining them we're not super loud unless the game is like really crazy and there's a lot of big goals you know if it's if it's a game more like today where it's a close uh, defensive matchup the crowd doesn't get super into it I, I definitely agree with that that we could improve on that as a fan base I wish I wish that we would come up with some more good chants um, like the Pajot chant back in the day that was awesome everyone loved that we had the Alfie chants back in the day and they they reappeared in Sweden which I loved uh, but it doesn't really it doesn't really really feel too relevant uh, it, during most games at this point but he, I mean, he is back with the organization, so we, it would be more relevant than it would be over the last 10 years or so. Um, yeah, saying uh, last time you were at the game, you couldn't even get a, a Go Sense Go chant going. It, it feels like that a lot, and it's even worse 
when we have like opposing teams fans in the building too. So so that's frustrating as well. I I don't think I don't think it's like too much. I, I guess with the lack of positivity overall in the fan base, it's it's a little bit to be expected at the moment. But you are right that even when we've had uh, good seasons in the past, that it's not a super loud crowd. So the I, I do agree with your point overall that we could show a little bit more positivity at the games and hopefully get some louder crowds in the future. Hopefully the team can give us more to cheer about in the future too, uh, which today was a good step. Uh, a, a good step in the right direction for that. So, a couple more chat comments. DeltaGo saying, McEwen needs to be in the lineup against players like Matt Kachuk. He shouldn't have been playing today, though. That's understandable. I feel like <laughs> what happened when he was in the lineup against Kachuk earlier this week wasn't exactly, like, necessary. Like, I, <laughs> I guess you want him as a deterrent, but... Sanderson fought Matt Kachuk anyway, so it's not like McEwen was really uh, being the guy to distract the rest of the team or, or, or like prevent the rest of the team from getting involved in shenanigans. Everyone just got like distracted by them anyway. I don't really know if he was successful in his role like that. And even earlier in the season, like when we played the Leafs, I thought that we were going to see a McEwen and Reeves fight. But we didn't. That's that's something that it was like, okay, I thought that's what we got this guy for. Um, although, of course, I'm sure McEwen only played like three minutes in that game too. Because it seems to be a trend with him. Uh, I'm, I, You know, I don't even remember like how many times he's fought this season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the game logs really quickly. Like, let's see. What, what is his PIMS? He had the 15 minutes against Florida, which I don't think was even a fight. I think that was... 5-minute major, and a 10-minute. He fought against Minnesota, and he fought against Tampa Bay. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess he fought Austin Watson in that game, I think. Uh, God, his season high of ice time is 6 minutes 45 seconds in the home opener. And he has had multiple games below, <laughs> below 5 minutes. Like, holy crap. That's the thing. If you're going to have a guy in your lineup playing that few minutes, he's got to be like fighting every night, you know, or at least throwing some big hits. It's just like absolutely no impact from this guy. So I, I kind of, I get your point that you would want to have this type of player in the lineup against certain teams who have like tougher players or players who are more shit disturbers. But I feel, again, I feel like the way that it played out against Florida, it was not really, uh, <laughs> he wasn't too effective or anything. Uh, Delta Go also saying Sanderson fought Kachuk because he called for Sanderson after turtling against McEwen. Yeah, so I guess I don't fully remember the sequence of events here. Maybe the Sanderson fight was after after McEwen got kicked out because I remember I turned the game off early and I think he I think he did get kicked out when I still had it on, but I was like not even paying attention to it at that point. I didn't even see the replay of what he did. So so you might be right that McEwen was already involved before that. And then Sanderson fought after. That makes sense. Um, so, so like, yeah, maybe, maybe you can argue that he's valuable, valuable for those type of situations. But I think everyone would agree that you want a better player than that who, who can play more than three and a half minutes a night uh, to be able to be that physical deterrent. Because obviously you don't want Brady Kachuk be, doing the fighting all the time. And you don't want Jake Sanderson to have to get in a fight. Like, that sucks. But... McEwen, I'm just not impressed overall to to wrap that up. Um, 
I guess, I guess last thing from the chat, Full Sweat Tryhard also saying we missed Shabbat bad. You know what? I don't think I've mentioned Shabbat. I barely mentioned Shabbat all, all stream today, but he was great tonight. I'm very glad to have him back. Uh, obviously, he had the assist yesterday, and there wasn't a lot of offense today, so he didn't get any points. But I found that he had a positive impact on the game in terms of offense and defense. Like very good from Shabbat. We really miss his puck moving. I was talking earlier about some of the forwards failing to get the puck out of the zone, but Shabbat really helps with that in terms of making like clean breakout passes or even being able to skate it out himself. Because a lot of the time it feels like it's just that we have to rely on Jake Sanderson to get the puck out of our zone. So at least having Shabbat as well, who is very good at that, is, is a huge boost. And um, I think in the third period, we even saw shabbat and sanderson playing together which which i liked that, that was a little bit of a difference different thing to see but uh, shabbat was playing great so so glad that uh glad that he was out there in the third period to to defend the lead and hey in terms of the ice time too the one benefit of playing the 70 is shabbat was 22 and a half minutes today we don't have to play shabbat 30 minutes anymore which is freaking awesome ease him back into the lineup uh I didn't check how many he played against Columbus. Maybe he probably played more in that game, I would guess, because uh, of the back-to-back -back situation today. They probably tried to limit him a little bit more, and he did leave for the locker room briefly, but that wasn't too long of a gap. I think he came back, might not have even missed a shift in terms of the regular rotations, but I think limiting Shabbat's ice time is a very good idea. We, we The coaching staff should focus on that as much as they can, uh, especially with Chikrin in the lineup consistently now too, God, God willing that he stays healthy. Um, I think everyone is going to be very happy with Thomas Shabbat playing 22 to 24 minutes a night instead of him being constantly overworked, which we even still saw last season, even though we also had Sanderson. It was constantly people complaining that, like, why is Shabbat playing so much more than Sanderson when uh, they're, like, equally as good, you know, and you're overworking Shabbat. I think it was... Uh, it's it's a good opportunity. I think a lot of fans are going to uh, kind of come around on Thomas Shabbat in terms of his overall play just because he's not going to be overworked as much. And I think we're going to see generally a lot more positive contributions from him this season. I'm, I'm optimistic about, about Shabbat for the rest of the year. Uh, as much as I can be with this team in terms of in terms of the optimism because obviously everything's not great. I have mostly focused on the positives here today i think it must be refreshing i mean it's re refreshing for me to actually be able to do a stream without talking about oh my god we need to fire the coach which i still think that that is going to be a discussion i think that will remain as the the main discussion especially with a tough week coming up uh with tough opponents those those next couple of games could easily go very poorly and then we'll be back on the fire dj topic but at least for tonight, they did pretty well, so I can't criticize too much. All I can do is uh, take what they give me here today. Um, if DJ can keep the team playing like this 5v5, obviously you got to work on the special teams. Penalty kill was much better today than it has been for most of the season, so that's another positive. Uh, power play, not great. Um, but if they can play much closer to this level, 5 on 5 and improve the power play, get it back to where it was last year. There still is some potential in DJ Smith coaching this team. I don't think it's enough to get this team to the playoffs, but hopefully we can be having more positive discussions and more 
positive results like we did here tonight. And, you know, with that, I think that's where I'm going to leave it. I think I'm pretty happy for once ending the stream. Usually I'm, I'm just like, I'm pissed. I'm ranting like crazy. I'm running out of breath and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go relax. Uh, but the sends actually did not give me any reasons to be angry today. So I am pretty happy here signing off uh, mod for STPN sports subscribe to STPN we are on the drive to 100k subscribers we are getting so close now so if you're not subscribed not subscribed please do and leave a like on the stream if you enjoyed share it around as well if you enjoyed we will be back Tuesday I'm going to that game so Charlie will be covering it against the Rangers here's hoping that we can have a decently positive stream once again uh thank you everyone for watching or listening have a good night yeah!